Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy Bradley Thompson here, and we are back with another episode of the Living the Canadian Dream podcast, episode number 79. We're almost at 80. We're almost at 80. And that means we're almost at 100. We're getting there. We're getting there. Um, I hope everybody's doing well today. I hope you guys are having a great week. Um, probably better than the week that I've been having. Um, it's been absolute mayhem. Um, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start. But let's just say that it's humid outside, sweating other people's sweat, and I don't know where to go from there. Okay. Take showers. You know, you drink something cool, something with ice in it. You can't seem to feel refreshed. Okay. You're just sweating buckets. It's just Canada, I guess. Um, I don't know why Ontario is like this. It just is so humid all the time. And people are just like, oh, oh, it's summer. It's finally here. You know, don't complain about the weather because, you know, you complained all winter. But that's what people say. Hey, it's humid. It's disgusting out. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. So I can complain. I'm allowed to complain. It's so humid. I'm absolutely melting, okay? But I did my first race of the season, first duathlon race of the season. Um, haven't done one since the world championship. So this was a great little race to get the, the legs moving again. And I'm still not at the fitness level where I want to be at. I'm still sort of building my fitness. And I'm going to continue building my fitness. Um, I have some races planned in, later in the season that I want to um, hit up, so... Those are on the those are on the calendar, but we will see sort of how my fitness progresses. But you know, leaning up to this um, first race of the season, I was training lots. I was trying to get back into the consistency, into the routine, and trying to pick up any little bits of fitness that I could leading up to this race, both the running and cycling fitness. But it was a great first race. It was a great first race. It was the Subaru. Sprint Duathlon in Grimsby, Niagara. I don't know why they call it Niagara. I guess it's the Niagara region technically, but it is in Grimsby. And I did that race. Lots of fun. It was fast from the start. It was a hot pace. And this duathlon was a little bit different because typically when it comes to these um these sprint duathlons, the you know on the world level, it is 5k run. 20k bike, 2.5k run. The Subaru Triathlon Series, they have a lot of um, duathlons and triathlon races throughout the summer. They always do it a little bit different. They always change up the distances and you know the placement of the distances, which is interesting. It honestly keeps you on your toes, which is great. Um, I actually enjoy it. It's a nice change. Um, but yeah, the first run was 2k. This The ride was 25k and the last run was 5K. It was a change up from what it typically is. So it was a nice little experience. I haven't done one of the Subaru um, literally triathlon series races since I first started, um, you know, duathlons a few years ago, which is which is pretty crazy. So it was great to be back at one of their events because their events are always fantastic. They're, you know, well put together, lots of free stuff, very, very organized um, and super fun and always you know, difficult, but this was a great race. It wasn't really hilly in the run course. There was like a couple inclines, but nothing crazy at all. Um, just basically flat a lot of the time, but it was a very, very fun race. It was, um, hot from the start. 
right from the gun. It was, <laughs> we were flying. I think we were doing like 339 um, per K, like just hot from the gun. And, you know, when it came into the first, when we came into first transition, um, it was only like literally three of us that pulled away. So we pulled away really from the gun because this guy that was definitely a pure runner. And you typically see that a lot of times in these races is that there are pure runners. So people that don't really have a bike, but they will just try to run as fast as I, as, as they can to try to get a gap. So when they lose time on the bike, they sort of have a chance. So this guy was definitely a pure runner because he was just flying and, um, we were staying with him. There was literally, um, three of us and one guy ended up getting dropped leading into um, transition. And then it was just me and this other guy. And I was just holding on for dear life. And once we got into transition, he took a little while. I got out first and then we were on the bike. I was on the bike um, for a little while. And then I ended up getting passed on the bike. It was a flat course. And my sort of, what I prefer is definitely rolling hills or hills on a bike just because um, that's, you know, the stuff that I enjoy. But, you know, this guy was just, just cranking along and um, he passed me, you know, I didn't get passed by anybody else, just that one guy. And I tried to hold on as long as I could um, basically onto like, not obviously sucking wheel or drafting, but just holding on to trying to stay with his pace, but he was going, he was going hot and um, yeah, he, he got some time on me for the bike, the roads on this bike. I got to tell you, I love Subaru triathlon series. Fantastic. Amazing races. The roads for this bike course were terrible. The worst roads I've ever ridden on in a race. Like we probably shouldn't even been on those roads. Like they were the worst. And because with duathlons and just multi-sport in general, when you're passing people, you pass people on the left. So you have to go on the road. A lot of people were riding on the shoulder, which was really the best part of the road because it was more paved. So a lot of people are riding on the shoulder. So I would have to pass people, go onto the road to pass people. So basically the entire race, I was on the left-hand side because the way that these, you know, events typically run is that they send out the duathlon, they send out the sprint um, triathlon at the same time. So when we get onto the bike, there are already triathletes on the bike. So basically I'm passing all these triathletes and, you know, there's only one duathlete in front of me. So I'm passing all these triathletes. So I am on the left-hand side of the road the entire race. And it is just absolute carnage. I'm surprised I didn't get a flat there because the roads were just terrible. Okay. Terrible. So we ended up, you know, suffering through that bike. It was just a miserable bike. It was just so bumpy. It was just this is the whole time, just bumpy, just bumpy. Every single bump you can imagine potholes everywhere. It was just crazy. So hopefully they um redo those roads by next year, because that is, Absolutely insane. I don't know if I could do that race again, just because of those roads. It was just not fun. We got off the bike. Um, the guy in front of me had a little bit of a gap. Um, he picked up a lot of time on the bike, which is um, a bummer. You know, it was a basically flat course. So he was just cranking out the watts. Um, and as I said, I prefer, you know, some rolling hills. So I could, you know, definitely that's the things that I prefer. The things that I um, enjoy the most is the hills. Cause I know a lot of people suffer on the Hills, but unfortunately there were no Hills on this bike course. So this guy pulled away a little bit and, um, going into transition, went into transition second, um, you know, had a nice transition again, and then just head out for the run. 
and I couldn't catch him. Unfortunately, I couldn't catch the guy. He, we were sort of maintaining the same speed on that second run. And I think like um, the first half of that second run, I, my legs were, my legs were definitely cooked because that first run was smoking fast. And um, yeah, I was just trying to, just trying to recover a little bit. And then once my legs started going in the second half of the run, it was kind of already too late, but unfortunately, uh, you know, um, that's just how things go sometimes with these, um, with these sports, sometimes your legs come, sometimes they don't come and that's just all part of it. But it was, it was a good race. Ended up finishing second overall, which is a fantastic result. I, I actually do enjoy it. Um, I'm actually very, very happy about it. It's unfortunate that obviously it wasn't first. It's a bummer, but it was a great effort, especially with the style of course that we were running on and, and biking on. Definitely not my preference. So with all that taken into consideration, it was definitely a great day on the course and definitely a great way to start the season. And, you know, it was great to be on the podium. So for uh, second overall, and then first in my age group and my age category, which is, you know, understandable. And, you know, it was a great, it was a great um day. Met some people on the course as well. Super nice people. And I, I absolutely love, you know, multi-sport events. Everybody is super nice. Even like endurance, like running races. A lot of people are very, very nice. The culture around um, multi-sport duathlons and triathlons, very, very welcoming. Everybody's super nice. Everybody's encouraging. You know, you're on the bike. People are giving you thumbs up. People are saying, go, go, go. Even on the run, people are saying, go, 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 go. You got this. And it's just very, very, you know, enjoyable to be part of this community. And I and I really enjoy it. So, you know, that's definitely something to consider if you ever decide that, hey, I want to try out a um, duathlon. I want to try out a, you know, aqua bike. I want to try out a triathlon. These communities are super welcoming. You know, there's some people that are very, very competitive. I'm competitive, <laughs> but there are many people that are just going to do the race. The challenge in doing the race itself is, you know, the challenge. So if you're into just sort of trying to complete your first duathlon, looking for a goal um, to sort of go after, I highly recommend trying out, you know, a duathlon, an aqua bike, if you're a great swimmer, um, even a triathlon. And People are super nice, encouraging. It's always a welcoming community. And if you are not competitive, that's fine. There are many people that are not competitive in these races. So don't be discouraged if you feel like, oh, I have to be like Brad and be a psycho. Um, but you don't have to be a psycho, okay? That is a select breed of individuals that enjoy suffering on the bike and the run. So just something to keep in mind if you plan on doing it. Because I have some people in my family, my wife included, they may be interested in trying something one day. They even have um, duathlon and even triathlon relay races, which I think I'm going to try to do with uh, my family one day because I think that would be super fun to have like, you know, my wife, I don't know, swimming or biking, you know, me running and then my dad, you know, biking. It'd be so cool. It would be a super fun experience and you don't even have to go for the win. It's just the idea of doing it together and then just having fun. I think it would be a great experience and you know because you know my entire family and you know everybody around me is very very competitive in a lot of cases i think we would try to go for the win because that's just who we are but that's okay that's all part of the fun but yeah it was a great day on the course great first race of the season super fun and then on the way home pack up my bike with my new bike rack 
talked about it last week. I'm not even going to say the name because I'm still shocked, upset. I, I don't even know how to describe it. I had to give myself literally like two weeks before I did this podcast in order to put my words into, you know, the right way. I'm just absolutely devastated. Driving home, you know, we're on the highway, almost home, you know, about half an hour into the drive. I hear my bike. Boom. Just fall, just unclips from the bike rack. Just, I guess, the, 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 what's it called? The, um, not the through the through axle, but also the um the quick release just releases my bike, hits the roof of the car, hits the highway, disintegrates. It's a carbon bike, carbon wheels, carbon pedals, everything. So the minute it hits the ground, boom, done. Devastating. I'm still not even recovered from the shock that I endured that day. Absolutely insane. My bike, my favorite bike, you know, this is my TT bike, my time trial bike, the bike that I use for every single race with provincials coming up, no longer have a bike, just disintegrated on the ground. I watched it in the rear view mirror, just fall off my car, just into the, into the highway. And luckily you know, there was nobody tailgating me, nobody directly behind me because that literally could have killed somebody because the way that it came off, it just off, boom, boom, off. No notice, no nothing. Everything put on correctly, everything set up correctly. The bike rack just literally malfunctions. Absolutely insane. Literally destroyed my bike. Absolutely insane. I bought that bike rack out of like a recommendation of some um, cyclists that I follow. And I've been hesitant to buy a bike rack forever, okay? Forever. Um, and this is the reason I never bought a bike rack. I always, always, always put my bike into the car. You know, it takes two seconds, takes up some space in the car, but at least you know that your bike is safe. You know, these bikes, carbon, thousands of dollars spent. On the bikes, the, the wheels, the pedals, the saddle, like everything. You know, I have all my sensors on the bike. Everything destroyed. The cassette, everything. Absolutely insane. You know, I had, I had, um, you know, custom Altegra cranks on there because I don't even know. I'm still honestly in shock. It's just, it's honestly just crazy, man crazy. So I don't know. I'm just honestly still flabbergasted. It's just um, one of those scenarios. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I don't buy. I don't buy. Um, I never bought a bike rack because it's absolute BS. Be literally out of nowhere, it just flies off the back of my car into traffic, just boom, destroyed on the ground. I had to, um, you know, I called the cops and stuff like that to um, get them to clean up the uh, the the um, the debris and stuff because it was just all over the highway. So people were slamming on their brakes and stuff, right? Like just to try to get out of the way. Um, they eventually cleaned it up. 
you know, the OPP or whatever, or the MTO and, um, you know, nothing to salvage, just absolutely devastating. This is supposed to be a happy podcast, but I, this is real life now. Um, just devastating. So, you know, if you're wondering, oh, should I buy a new bike rack? No, put it in your car, put it in your car. Not worth it. Not worth it. You know, imagine there was somebody behind me driving or imagine like, you know, I was going to a race. My bike just flies off. Like what? Absolutely insane. I'm just trying to deal with like the company right now. And like, it's, it's BS. It's a malfunction of the product. And, you know, I don't even know what to, to say about it anymore. It's just, it's devastating, you know? So I'm forced to do, um, you know, provincials with, without, without, um, my TT bike, without my sensors, pedals, like carbon wheels. Like what are we doing here? Like everything gone. It's, it's devastating. If I wasn't on camera right now. I'd cry <laughs> such a, honestly, like I've just been recovering. I'm still in shock over it. And I'm talking about it now and I'm getting all cheesed again because it's just absolutely unacceptable. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like that's a horrible product malfunction. Literally just releases my bike into the, into the traffic. No other safety measures on the bike rack. Just one component fails. Boom. Let's just launch somebody's bike into the freaking highway. Crazy. Ah, yeah. So that was my, that was, um, that's what I've been dealing with. Um, if you've been following me on social media, you probably saw it. Um, you know, all my messages and stuff about it because I've just been absolutely traumatized. Um, I got PTSD from this experience now and I will never buy another bike rack. Like absolutely insane. Crazy. So going into provincials without a TT bike can be interesting, but, um, you know, let's get into something more, um, fun because this is just depressing to be honest. Um, let's do, let's do the what's trending segment. Um, what's trending around the world. Let's talk about some more feel good stories. Maybe, uh, maybe some not feel good stories. Humidity in Canada, absolutely insane. There has been, you know, heat warnings all around the world lately in the UK, they have severe heat. Um, you know, they never get sun in the UK anyways, but this year they've gotten severe heat. Um, even the tarmac on airports are melting. So airplanes can't like land and stuff. Absolute mayhem over in UK right now. Um, We just have, honestly, it's hot, obviously, but it is super humid in Canada. In Ontario, it's super humid. But in the UK, literally the ground is melting. The floor is lava in the UK right now, which is crazy. So hopefully everybody stays cool. Have a glass of water. Um, Tour de France, you know, End of the Tour de France, Vin Vingegaard. I can never pronounce his name. He's um, a Denmark rider. He won the Tour de France. And it's funny because on one of the last stages of the Tour de France, uh, Contador, Alberto Contador, who's an ex-Tour de France rider, was asked, oh, like, um, how do you feel about the sportsmanship between Vingegaard and Pogi? Pogachar. I, I, their names I cannot pronounce. Um, so... Basically what happened is, you know, they were battling it out 
on basically the last stage of the Tour de France for the general classifications. And Vingegaard, you know, had a little bit of an issue. He almost fell. And then Pogachar on the descent, trying to make a gap, ended up falling. And Vingegaard waited for him because he didn't want to win that way, which is fantastic sportsmanship. So they ask Alberto Contador, who is an ex Tour de France champion, you know, super popular, like won so many different um, races over the years and he's retired, but he's an interviewer now. They asked him like, how do you feel about his sportsmanship? He's the last person you should be asking about sportsmanship. I love Contador. I always love Contador. I love his riding, his style of riding off the saddle. Absolutely amazing. I love him. But you don't ask him about, you don't ask him about sportsmanship. When he was fighting for a Tour de France champion, his rival, Andy Schleck, they were on a mountain. And this is not what you're never supposed to attack the leader, you know, the GC, if they have some sort of mechanical, because that's not fair, really. So in a lot of cases, if a leader has a mechanical, people will just be neutral. And if they, you know, fix their bike and they get back to the group in time, that's fine. But you're not supposed to attack. Like you see that they have a mechanical issue and you attack. Andy Schleck had a chain issue, a mechanical issue with his bike. So he had to just stop and he had to wait for a bike. The minute Alberto Conador saw that, he dipped, he attacked. And that's literally one of the reasons he won the Tour de France that year, which is pretty crazy. So they asked them about sportsmanship. Awesome. Oh, like, isn't it beautiful that the yellow jersey waited for, you know, his competitor? He attacked his competitor that had a mechanical. So he's the last person asked about sportsmanship. And as I said, I love Alberto Conador. I thought he, I always thought he was one of the greatest riders of all time. He's just, his style on the bike was just amazing. He could climb. He was just amazing. Um, he was a goat. He was the goat. But um, it's just hilarious that they asked him, like, how do you feel about the sportsmanship? This guy did not show any sportsmanship when he was riding, um, which is hilarious. But um, also in the world right now, track and field world championships are going on. You know, some runner got disqualified because of um, an early reaction. And it was like one tenth of a second, like absolutely no. Like, how do you even judge that? How do you even judge that and disqualify somebody for that? It was like one tenth of a second. And if you watch the video, you can't even tell a difference with the naked eye. And like, there's this whole debate going on is like, how are we disqualifying somebody? He's one of the best runners in the world. You know, he just has a good start and that's, you know, but even if you say he has a good start, it's not that much different. It's not that much um, different compared to the other runners on the start line. I don't know. Track and feels very, very weird like that. I find that stuff is just super weird. I, I get that you have the technology in place to get people um, to stop false starts. But I think even in the finals, you should be able to have one, one mistake, you know, like a fault in tennis. You have one fault. If you double fault, you're done. Okay. But in running, in track and field, if you have a false start, you're disqualified. And he got a false start for just having a quick re reaction time, which is absurd. It's not like he was just way ahead of the bell, you know, way ahead of the horn, the gun. I said three different things and didn't even get to the right answer. You know, he just had a quick reaction time and gets disqualified. I, I don't get track and field. And 
they wonder why they don't have that many viewers, why so many people aren't into it. That's definitely a big issue. You know, you have a race on the line, some of the best runners in the world racing for a finals and you get disqualified over a false start. It's just, I don't get that. You should, everybody should get one false start. Just run it back, run it back. I get that people would probably abuse it or maybe even one false start for the entire group of people. I think that would be even more fair. I don't know. I think the track and field needs to really get their stuff together. You know, even when it comes to promotion, like they should have, you know, so many viewers for track and field events. I don't know why they don't because they don't promote it properly. They need to make it more open for people to watch, to hype. Like I watched um, some races like Andre DeGrasse. They won the the four by um, 100 meters, which is fantastic. Canada just flies. But people like that, he's got a great personality. You know, Usain Bolt, fantastic personality, bringing viewers to the sport. They need some people like that. But also track and field just needs to do better. You know, you can't be disqualifying somebody for the sake of them just having a better start than other people. You can't even notice it with the naked eye. The announcers even said that. You can't even notice this with the naked eye, but he gets disqualified. What? What are we doing here? Crazy. Craziness. I don't get it. And that brings us to, you know, sports that are doing well. They have loyal fan bases. NHL, NBA. NHL, NBA drafts have been going on. You know, they've happened. And you know what's one of the craziest things with the NBA, NHL draft is that people actually sit down and watch these things. If you are sitting down for hours watching the NBA, the NHL draft. That's like watching paint dry. You might as well be just watching a TV screen that's not even on. That's the same sort of enjoyment for the general public. If you're watching the NBA, NFL, you know, NHL draft, you deserve to get season's tickets. You should get a discount on season tickets at least. Who is watching these events? I get it if you're there and, you know, maybe supporting somebody or maybe you know somebody that might be drafted and you're just supporting them. I get that. Okay, that's that's probably the majority of people that are watching. But there are still people that are watching it. That are watching these events. They don't know anybody. They're just diehard sports fans. Give them a ticket. Give them a free ticket for the season. Maybe not every game, maybe one free ticket, maybe a discount on season tickets. Those people should be the ones at your games. Not these Instagram influencers, the diehard fans. They're the ones that are willing to sit in the nosebleeds. Instagram influencers are not going to be sitting in the nosebleeds. They need to sit courtside next to Jay-Z because that's going to help their clout. Okay, so let's be real about that. Craziness. Craziness. I don't know how you could ever watch the NBA, the NHL, or the NFL draft. I love the NHL. I love watching hockey. I would never watch a draft. What are we doing? Watch the highlights. Put that thing on fast forward. What are we doing? Okay. Look at the list after. Who cares? Who cares? Craziness. I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. Crazy. I I, I don't I don't get it. Also, to, let's talk about sports. You know, this is what's trending in the world because I always see like baseball and cricket on the TV. Who's watching these sports? Who has eight hours to watch a cricket game? Who has six hours to watch a baseball game? And then nobody gets a run? 
what are we doing here? Like, what? Do people actually watch these things? And I know some people do. It's crazy. I love going to live baseball games. I've been to many Blue Jays games over the years. If there are no runs for the game, and it goes to like the ninth inning, if it goes over nine innings, no, we're not doing it. If it goes over nine innings, we're not doing it. If it doesn't have a run in the game, they're tied 0-0. Absolutely, like, get me out of here, okay? Get me out of here. Cricket, I don't know how people watch eight-hour cricket games because I know some of those games, I think they're called test events or something. I know nothing about cricket. Um, go for, like, super long periods of time. Um, my grandpa used to play cricket, and he would tell me that, like, you know, some of these games, you know, they would go for days. You come back the next day and put... Like what multi-day games? What are we doing here? Okay. Time limit, an hour. Set yourself an hour. Who needs eight hours? That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. It's like golf. Who's watching golf? Nah. Half of half of golf, you know, is literally just watching the golfer walk from one shot to the next. Why are we watching people walk? Watch, they're walking in nature. That's all they're doing. They're walking on grass. That's all you're watching. Crazy. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. We got to add some entertainment to these people's lives. They're watching some crazy things. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, Book of the week, Art of Cycling by Cadell Evans. He's the goat. He was one of my favorite cyclists of all time. He's won one Tour de France, Australian cyclist. The Art of Cycling is the book that he... He wrote. It's fantastic. I listened to it as an audiobook. Um, I highly recommend it. Check it out. The Art of Cycling. Even if you're not into cycling, it just shows you his journey from a kid to sort of his rise to fame, to fortune, to the top of the world as the Tour de France champion. And it's a very, very good book. If you're looking for something healthy to eat, this is not an app recommendation. This is just a recommendation in general. Kale salad mix. Go to any of your grocery stores. If you're looking for a good salad, get the kale salad mix. It has all these different, you know, kale, you know, in some cases you have like dried cranberries in it. Delicious. Put some protein on top of that. You're good to go. Best lunches. I literally eat that for lunch like every single day. So I definitely recommend that if you're looking for something healthy to eat, something enjoyable to eat. Okay. Um, that's it for today's podcast. It was, you know, a quick one. I know there was some hard times during this podcast, me talking about the tragedy of my bike because of that stupid bike rack. Um, you know, I'm getting through it. I'll keep you guys updated on my, um, on my mental state after that, um, tragedy. But, um, I guess the question of the week is, I don't know. I'm going to just cry because my bike, um, the question of the week would be, how do you overcome adversity? How do you overcome adversity, guys? That is going to be the question of the week, okay? So I hope everybody has a great week. Enjoy the humidity and um, stay cold, stay cool, okay? I'll catch y'all later. Peace out. Canadian dream.